Welcome to Season 4 of Healthcare Fraud Shield's podcast. As a reminder, Healthcare Fraud Shield is a software-as-a-service company focused solely on fraud, waste, and abuse, cost containment, and payment integrity. You can find more information about our various modules and offerings at our website at www.hcfraudshield.com. Hello. Welcome, Maria, uh, to our podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Karen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to get to talk to you a little bit more because I think you have a fascinating background. Why don't you why don't you introduce yourself and then we'll and then we'll get to kind of, uh, you know, where you started and how you got where you got. Okay. Uh, My name is Maria Seedorf. I am a a clinical fraud investigator here at Healthcare Fraud Shield. Um, My background is actually as a chiropractor. Um, And before I was a chiropractor, I worked in medical billing in a chiropractic office and hospital um, billing department. So I had kind of a unique background when I got my first job at an insurance company doing fraud investigations. Um, So I was there for nine years. I ended up managing my SIU. And then I came over to Healthcare Fraud Shield um, seven years ago. And we have been thrilled ever since you did. So it is the perfect job for me. I love it. Well, why don't you, uh, one of the themes of this season, this is our fourth season doing podcasts. And I thought, you know, this season, we're trying to talk, you know, a little bit about our first experiences. So uh, if you don't mind, do you have something that uh, maybe it's not the exact first, but, uh, you know, kind of a case that you recall that really sticks it out in your mind still today uh, when you first got into this field? Um, Yes, I do. It was actually my first case, the very first case. Um, So this came to me before my first day at my first job as a a clinical fraud investigator. Um, I was chatting with a friend and told her what my new job was. And she said, well, maybe you can find out for me um, the scenario. She said that she had made an appointment at a family practice doctor's office that she had not been to before um, for an ingrown toenail. And and I was thinking, this is perfect. It's an ingrown toenail and we have some fraud. So um, she went to the appointment and as part of the examination, they gave her a hearing test. And so she was asking me, is that typical to get a hearing test when you go to the doctor? And it was really just my toe. Um, So armed with that first lead, um, I, I took it with me on my first day and got to investigate it. Um, so th- based on what she had told me, um, the concern was about the hearing tests. Were they really hearing tests? Were they hearing screenings? Um, were they performed on everybody or just new patients? You know, what, what was the pattern? So I, here I am. Uh, a new clinical investigator learning how to request data and refine it to, you know, how it would suit me to find what I needed to find without having every piece of data in the world. So it was really a good opportunity to learn the steps all the way through. So um, I got the data I needed and was sorting through it to kind of figure out what were the codes and what were the patterns. And I found that indeed this doctor, Dr. M, we'll call him, Um, was billing for a hearing test. So there are really three codes for a hearing test. One is a screening. 
um, it's 92551. And then the next level up is uh, the pure tone audiometry, and that's through the air only. So they would put the headphones on and um, make some sounds and tones and determine if the patient could hear them. And then the next one up from that, 92553, includes analysis of the the bone in addition to the air. So I was expecting, since my friend told me that she had gone in for an ingrow toenail, I was expecting the hearing screening, but that's not what they billed. Um, this office was billing for the middle code, the pure tone, pure tone audiometry air only. So that would be a legitimate hearing test that's more than a screening. That would be something that would be performed based on a patient's complaint of, you know, I I think that I'm I can't hear in my right ear. It feels like it's going away. Can't hear as well as I used to. So the questions were, um, were there really hearing tests being performed? Um, and what level of hearing test was it? Was it just a screening? Was it um, the air only? Was it the air and bone test? Um, also, were they only performed with an ENM? So were they unbundling that hearing portion from the ENM? Um, and, and then the upcoding, possible upcoding of screenings as diagnostic tests. So we requested medical records for a sample of those patients that had that were billed for the hearing test. And um, we did find in the records that the patients complained of hearing difficulty in one or bo both ears. So that was good, but and and my friend did, was did not have coverage at the company where I worked. So I couldn't actually go and look at her record um, because she had said that she didn't have any hearing trouble. Um, so we sent out some verification of service letters and I got many of them back. So I began calling those members and several members said that yes, they went to Dr. M's office as part of their, um, the list of things that, that they were having trouble with, that they did have some hearing difficulties. Um, so they did not think it was odd to have a hearing test, but other patients said they didn't think they had hearing issues, but after the test, they were told that they had hearing loss in one or both ears. And um, so they agreed with the examiner, the person who, who did the test, they agreed, well, that yes, maybe they did have some hearing trouble. But the medical records had given the appearance that the hearing tests were performed based on a hearing complaint. So the provider was manipulating those records to make it appear that the patient was saying, I have hearing trouble, and then they did a test as a result of that, when actually it was the other way around. They did the test, they were told they had hearing trouble, um, and it was documented the other way. So... Did they document it like, so you're saying, so after the fact they documented that they backdated or did they put like a future date with a note or how did that look in the records? Um, no, it was on the same day. So um, they, they documented that they did a hearing test, but as part of the patient complaints, they listed the patient is com complains of hearing loss in one of both ears. So in reading through the record on that day, it looked like 
the patient came in, said, I have hearing loss, and then the test was performed based on that. But the patients were telling me they had the hearing test and then they agreed, yes, I might have a little hearing loss in my right ear. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Now, I, I, ha- I, I had a hearing test done uh, a couple of years ago after I got off a flight. I was all clogged. And I always thought I have perfect hearing because I hear things that a lot of people can't. And they told me I had hearing loss. So now it makes me wonder. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. There you go. <laughs> So um, initially we found that the doctor's office was performing these hearing screenings and possibly manipulating the records to support billing it as a diagnostic test rather than the low level hearing screening test. Um, The records also showed that this provider was billing a lot of lab tests a possible weight loss program, some aesthetics treatments. He had a subspecialty in dermatology and aesthetics. So some of that. And he also had an in-house pharmacy. So he was dispensing antibiotics and cough medicine and muscle relaxants, that kind of thing. Um, and he, he did have the license. You know, it was a legitimate pharmacy. And so it was for patient convenience. They could just fill their prescription right there. So um, internally, we had meetings, decided what we would do. Um, And so it was decided that we would make an on-site visit. Um, So armed with our information about screening tests and diagnostic tests and hearing and all that, um, myself and one of our medical directors and a provider relations representative um, went scheduled the appointment and went out to visit Dr. M. So um, they were all very nice. We got the office tour. They showed us all of their great um, gadgets and technology and testing, including hearing tests. Um, and then we sat down in Dr. M's office. He was on the one side of his big doctor desk and we were on the other side and we explained our findings about the hearing test. And um, we could not have anticipated his response. Um, He listened very politely. And when we got finished, um, he laughed. He laughed at us. Um, He told us we were ridiculous. He said, how dare we contact his patients? And that as a doctor, he could order whatever tests we wanted. And um, he he was very amused. Uh, so that was the end of our on-site visit. <laughs> we thanked him and uh, made our way out uh, and just kind of, we regrouped back at the office and just trying to figure out what in the world do we do now? Um, he, he, he um, was, Dr. M was very proud of himself. Um, so the resolution was to send an education letter and put it in writing, citing that he had upcoded hearing screenings as diagnostic tests, and that potentially he had coached his patients to state that they had hearing loss based on the results of the screening test. Um, and that was that was the end of it. They, they did not adjust any claims, but um, in future reviews over the next nine years, uh, Dr. M continued to pop up in reviews for excessive services and integrative medicine things. Um, And we would routinely see him in the list of suspect providers. But we 
never were allowed to pursue him again um, based on his reaction to our visit. Um, and our medical management team did not did not want to go toe to toe with Dr. M. Um, so really what I learned from that is that even an in, insignificant lead can result in some interesting findings. But also um, there is the provider relations um, relationship issue where even if you have a provider that um, you suspect is doing something that's not right, that it's wasteful or abusive, um, that your company will not always um, get on board with it. And you just have to look the other way um, and let things go. Did your um, department have a policy of, uh, let's just say, you know, <laughs> you identified something that, you know, you felt mm -hmm. you had the evidence for, you know, you documented in, you know, some mm -hmm. kind of case management system this way, mm -hmm. if things change internally or some regulatory agency questions why it wasn't pursued, you at least have the documentation to show what, what you did do. Yes, we did. And we had an SIU working group. Um, th that met monthly, and it was people from um, the uh, internal audit department and the SIU and um, the medical management team and um, provider relations, a few other people. Uh, so we would present, every month we would present who the new concerns were and where we were with the other cases we had been working on. So everyone was aware of him. And yes, we did. we did document it. Yeah. Yeah. We've, I think we've all experienced those scenarios. So. Yes. So thinking, thinking back um, to when you first got your first case to today, what mm -hmm. would you say is different about how you would have approached um, either analyzing the data or, you know, just going about um, gathering the information? Do you think there's anything different or what's changed in the industry that might've changed how, how you would have approached that case? Yes. Um, since early on, we recognized um, some excessive labs, um, some questionable, you know, dermatology and aesthetic treatments and possible weight loss program, those other things. We should have put that all together um, instead of just approaching the provider with the hearing tests. Um, it would have carried more weight, I think, if we had had four or five issues to present him with rather than just the one. Um, I'm sure part of him laughing at us, <laughs> I, I kind of perceive part of him laughing at us was him thinking to himself, you guys don't even know what you've missed, you know, um, because there were lots of other things that, that we should have tagged on to that first visit to his office. Oh, interesting. I wonder if he did think that. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. He is still in business. So, wow. Yeah. 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 Is, um, is there anything, um, anything other like has the, has, I guess I'll just ask you kind of a broad question mm -hmm. overall in the industry, how do you think any things have changed or have they? Um, I think that there's so much more fraud or fraud, waste and abuse that um, we're chasing the, the bigger providers now, the, the larger dollar schemes and that there are some lower level individual providers or small groups of providers that also have a lot of waste and abuse, but we are, a lot of times we're skipping over those 
to go after the bigger dollar schemes, um, which end up being more complicated because often it's larger groups or um, uh, a provider that's necessary as part of the network because of where they're located, um, th that it might be beneficial to go back and look at some of the mid-level or, or lower level providers. Um, there might not be as much return on investment, but there's more, um, more of that factor of other providers seeing this provider who's just like them um, and, and they got audited. So it, there would be a deterrent effect um, if we did go, if we did audit and investigate um, smaller groups or individual providers more. Yeah, I, that's a fair point. And obviously each plan takes a different approach. And then if they're, you know, dealing with Medicare, they're, and then doesn't matter what the cost is, they're, you know, they're obligated to pursue yeah. all of those investigations. But, you know, to your point, there's just so much out there. It's a resource deficit to be able to, to look after everything. So sometimes people may focus on something larger, but like you said, it could be way more complicated. Yeah, uh, yeah no, for sure. Uh, absolutely. Um, no, that, that's, that's great. I always love listening to the, the kind of like that first case and what you learn. Uh, I've learned, I mean, each case you learn something new, uh, but I've, I always have fond memories, even if they were difficult at the time. Uh, I, I still have fond <laughs> memories reflecting back on all the different things that I learned each time I had a new experience, especially being new uh, back in the day. Uh, it was, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, it this is the best industry. It's, you know, you get to use all of your skills. Um, so it's, I love fraud. I don't love fraud, but I, I love this, this industry. I really do um, get to, I get to use all my skills. I get to investigate. I get to work with other like-minded people. We all have great goals in mind to, you know, uh, to fight the fraud. It's, it's really great. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we go into this thinking, you know, we're we're doing something good for the world, and I think, you know, obviously there's always setbacks or things that we want to pursue that, for a variety of reasons, you know, we can't. But I think we've had enough successes that we realize there's there's so much more we can keep doing. Uh, and to me, I, I I look at this. I'm a big puzzle nerd, so every every everything we do is like a puzzle. I, I'm always trying to figure out you know, the next scheme that we need to be on the lookout for before it starts happening or, you know, each case is like a puzzle. So, uh, and I love puzzles. So every day to me is like a puzzle. <laughs> yep. So the next scheme is coming. We don't know what it is, but with the wind down of the public health emergency that last I knew it was set for May 11th. So yeah. all, all of these providers that popped up to do um, COVID testing but now what are they going to do? What are they going to pivot to? So, so that's our next big challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, obviously with you know, software, you know, there's, there's things that we can do to kind of get ahead of it, uh, you know, but we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I know I've, between you and everyone else on this team, I'm pretty confident we'll figure it out. Hopefully way before they do. <laughs> yep. We are going to try. <laughs> Well, Maria, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, that was a great case. That was a. Uh, I was th at first. I was thinking you were going to go in a different direction, so you <laughs> you caught me by surprise. So that was that was good. <laughs> okay, good. Well, thank you for having me. It's been fun. All right. Thanks, Maria. All right. <laughs> bye bye.
Bye-bye.